0: Hey everybody, Superfan Giovanni here. Welcome to Classic Love Line, episode 546 from November 2nd, 1997, a Sunday night show. Starting on a new week with Dr. Bruce, no guest tonight. Now this is the official studio copy of the episode. Previously an incomplete 37-minute Toby Dog recording has been online and circulated for several years. And then there was another official copy of this tape, but a cassette tape given to me by Dr. Bruce that was given to him by Engineer Mike for his own personal collection. In past intros, I've discussed the Dr. Bruce tapes and the coffee-like syrup that was on some of them, which proved to be quite difficult. The quality on this and the other tape are comparable. In some ways, the other tape may be superior, but we're going to go with this one, as it is the official studio one. Adam has a local bakery shout-out. Adam and Bruce engage in one of their early 80s and for spirituality discussions, debates, much like something they talk about later in 2004. And Adam rants about his car that was destroyed by the drunk driver outside of his home. Bruce shares his own horror story from working in the ER involving a gangbanger. Another solid episode. As per usual, this was recorded in 1997. Some of the medical information may be out of date. Please consult your own physician or contact Dr. Drew and Mike Catherwood on Current Day Loveline 1-800-LOVE-191. Listener discretion is advised. You can follow us on Twitter at Podcast One. On Facebook, Podcast One there as well. And Podcast Podcast1.com, the home of waterfare podcasts. And get on. The following program is
1: a podcast1.com production.
2: <sighs> Two.
3: Three, four,
1: Welcome. Love Line. With Adam Corolla and Dr.
4: Drew.
3: Would you sleep with sick women? I
4: may be pregnant, but I'm still a man.
3: Spank
5: the unruly ones. It's indecent, it's vulgar, it's blasphemous.
6: I'm gonna ride you
1: till you can't stand up.
6: Come on, come on, let's go down. All right, all right, keep your
1: shirt on. Loveline's meant for an adult audience. Loveline may contain sexually oriented content. Listener discretion
6: is advised. Here's Loveline with Dr. Drew and Adam Carolla. Yes, it is. Phone number. Wait a minute. Drew's not here. Phone number one 800 O V E 191 Fax number 310-854-4455. Drew's not here, but uh, the, um, the, the very able Dr. Bruce is filling in for Dr. Drew tonight. Okay, go ahead and say something now, Bruce. Great to be here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I didn't even believe that, Bruce. You didn't believe that. No.
5: Okay. Well, the coffee's good.
6: Yes, <laughs> the coffee is good. God bless Dr. Bruce. He uh, made a nice big thermos of Joe, and he brought some half and half. Oh,
5: my wife did. I accuse her of substance abuse. She doubles the doubles the coffee grain. Kindly. Yeah, it's, it's real strong, it's strong. stuff. Yeah.
6: but it's good because uh, you got a nice big. Uh, half a pint of, uh, or a pint of a uh, half and half, <laughs> a full pint of a uh, half and half, and uh, so we'll just power our way through tonight's show. Uh, Drew will be in tomorrow night, Drew's in Vegas, uh, gambling away the kids' education and their future. Chumbawamba will be in here tomorrow night, that's that group that sings that song that goes, I get knocked down, but I got up again, and uh, it's never going to keep me down, or, or something like that. You know what I'm talking about, Bruce? Yeah, yeah. You yeah. Oh, do you do?
5: Yes, I have heard that song. Do they have any other songs?
6: I'm sure they do. <laughs> <laughs> that's the one we seem to like the most, though. All right. Then. Hey, listen, the Beatles had their first song that came out, and people were saying, you know, back in 1963, yeah, but can these guys do anything else?
5: Am I right? That's true. I, I like. What did George Harrison say about Oasis? He said, no one will know who they are in 30 years. I think that's sort of a chumbawamba comment.
6: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Look, no one knows who you are now. So what do you think of that? Oh, I don't care. All right, listen. Don't attack the band. They came out with a good song, and maybe they got maybe the CD is packed full of good songs. You don't uh, know I, that.
5: I, you know, I'd hate to be controversial.
6: I like, yeah. <laughs> like
5: you said, no one knows who I am. So what's the difference? Yeah, I know.
6: All right, and your wife does. Uh, Kennedy, the Virgin Kennedy from uh, MTV, will be in here. The day after that, on Tuesday, she's a friend, and uh, will um, always a good time with Kennedy. And then uh, the specials will be in here on Thursday, which is cool. I don't think I've ever been here when the specials were here. They haven't been here in a while. To me, the specials. Uh, there's a lot of bands out doing a lot of that whole sort of uh, neo-ska and all the, all this stuff. Sorry, just uh, belched up <laughs> some pasta. But the specials were doing this stuff 20 years ago, and uh, well eighteen years ago. and doing it better.
5: I'm not I believe. I don't I, don't, I can't think of a special song offhand. You, could you just sing a few bars maybe
6: Um I can't do a reggae riff. You know, the specials. Give me a special song. They're the the uh, uh I'm doing the English beat in my head now though. Uh uh, uh, uh the t- this t- Yeah, but I don't like Ghost Town that much. I don't like that song. What, what's uh, what's a very special song? I keep doing mirror in the bathroom in my head. Free, free, free. free Nelson free Mandela. Mandela. Boy, it took me like um, uh, four bong loads of six pack in a week to figure out that they were saying free Nelson Mandela. <laughs> you remember that song? Well, I don't remember that. song. Uh, you'd have to hear it because uh, you, you'll know it when you yeah, hear it. You ran, just you never Rand knew Anderson they said Nelson, Nelson Mandela. Yeah. All right. Anyway, the specials will uh, be in here then, and until then, we have the uh, tidy. Dr. Bruce. You ready to go? I'm ready. All right. Oh, let me just say this. For any of you who are listening across the country and thinking of moving out here to sunny California, stay where you are. It is the hubs of effing hell in this city. I cannot believe this. I've been complaining about the heat for six months straight now, and I am miserable. I'm miserable. I mean, here's the way I am. Um, It's like some people are more... Sensitive to heat than others. I would be the mastiff, the the German Shepherd, the um, the big shaggy sheepdog of people. You know what I'm saying? It no. bothers the hell out of what, me.
5: Wait, wait, wait. What does that have to do with people moving out here?
6: I <clears> be- don't want anybody out here. I'm warning them. I'm warning you. Yeah, if you want to, if if you if you want your, your shirt to stick to the back of uh, to stick to your back because you've sweat uh, through it, uh, sitting in a hot car seat in November come on out here it I, was a 101 yesterday in burbank and i was miserable I, I was at a halloween party with uh with producer Ann friday night you know just sweating right through my outfit for christ's sake we can't even get a break we're, we're in november
5: well, what does that have to do with people moving out here is it more the more
6: i'm warning hotter, no <laughs> shut up i'm warning them you geez, you bring a cup of coffee and uh ready to take over the show. It's, it's, it's
5: go live in the mountains. You can live 45 minutes away and it's snowing on you. So that, oh, cool. No, stay where you are. Okay. Believe me. I, I, are you not miserable in this heat? I have the air conditioning on driving in at 8, 8 p.m. That is pretty... In, but it, it's in El Nino weather. No,
6: oh, it sucks. It's never like Oh, that. it sucks. It's November and it was uh, 100 today and just miserable. Oh, I'm so miserable. I'm so done with this heat.
5: I think
1: you overate tonight before you came in.
6: Oh, uh, shut up. Joe. Yo, what's up? Hey, you're 18. What's going on?
1: Um, About a couple months ago, I met this girl, you know, and she told me that she was 18, blah, 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 and her birthday's coming up here, and her friend called me and told me she's only 14. Mm-hmm.
6: But she's going to be 15. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: I'm just wondering if I should break it off with her or what.
6: Oh, she's your girlfriend now? Yeah. How long she been your girlfriend?
1: About a month now. We've been talking for about three the three months, yeah, so
6: have you had sex,
1: yeah,
6: oh boy, oh, uh. see, I think I could tell, I really do, yeah, yeah, Joe, is it the kind of thing that um she lied, and she's a very very good liar, or you're just extra stupid?
1: no, um, her friend like my friend actually, and he's nineteen, so she lied and said that she was older to impress him, and then mm-hmm. They kind of kind of went down the line. But
6: you could never figure it out—the fact that she didn't have a driver's license, or that she had to be somewhere every morning at about eight, and didn't get to come home until the bell rang. And
1: oh, yeah, I, kn- I knew she was in school, you know, and stuff. She told me she's a senior and
6: mm-hmm. all this crap. And mm-hmm.
1: She's like, she looks older, and she can hold up an intelligent conversation and everything.
6: So. All right, all right. So now you want to know whether you should break up with her?
1: Yeah. What do you think? Um, I mean. If I would have known she was 14 from the get-go, I wouldn't even be talking to her. But.
5: and I, I bet you could think of several reasons why you should break up with her right now.
1: Oh, yeah. The biggest one is I don't want to be in jail. Okay. That would, that would
5: be high on my list, too. What, what else would you... It's, it's really... It's bad for you, it's bad for her. Fourteen-year-olds are... No matter how mature they, they put themselves on to be or they act, it's, it's detrimental to them psychologically, and there'll be long-lasting effects, especially having a sexual relationship when you're 14. Well, and it's just going to be 15, no, fifteen in a week. 16, Come on. I, yeah, well, again, the kids I work with, teens I work with, we work on sexual sobriety, and I've never. Hold on. What are you doing to them? Sexual sobriety. <laughs> Even no. Hey. I, oh, go ahead and laugh. As a physician <laughs> working Whoa. with teens, what is sexual sobriety? Ah, sexual. Well, it's just like. Okay, not ha- basically making a commitment not to have sex, for a certain period of time until right. you're married and until I'll a certain that. age what age? What's the average age of uh, sexual sobriety? Well, a lot of the teens I work with make a commitment not to have sex till they're married. Uh,
6: Let me me say this, speaking of sexual sobriety. Listen, I'm all for it. I went out on uh, Friday night to a Halloween party. I hadn't been out in a while. I'd been in and had people come over to my house, and I'd gone to like a bar or something, but I hadn't gone to a big gathering with a bunch of people. It was uh, was a work party. It was a K-Rock Halloween party. I guess you didn't get your invitation this year. <laughs> but the point is, is uh, there was a lot of people I work with and a lot of other people. You know, I'm average age 25, 28, and a lot of people drinking. And I noticed women. Boy, they had a few. And Producer Ann, you, you listen to the show. Did you notice uh, the women, the more beer and the more drinks they got into in them, the more they were hanging on guys and grabbing on to guys? And I, I know this is no revelation. I know I'm not, you know, I, I'm not pioneering this theory. But it's just been a while since I've been out and been around a bunch of people that were getting loaded. I was seeing women that were, you know, quite uh, As, demure. All, just By the end of the night, just tugging on guys' shorts and but, hanging and on them. And also,
7: we're all dressed up, you know, and we're in our... Little sexy costumes, and we can, you know,
6: yeah, you can, you play can play a
7: part that you can, night.
6: You can fantasize a little bit, but yeah.
7: I, you know, me and your girlfriend were the same thing.
6: Oh yeah, oh you guys were nurses. Yeah. I I did a little uh, sponge bath uh, masturbatory scenario later on in the evening. Really? So I want you to know, Anne. Oh. Yeah, they made uh, they were there were uh, some um, candy stripe and bookends. Uh, my girlfriend and uh, producer Anne. But the point is, is as people drank. I just started knowing, and these are not kids. These weren't 17, 18 year old people who never had a beer before. These are people in their early 30s, late 20s. They had a few beers, and all of a sudden they're hanging. What's under that toga, big fella? And I mean, I thought, geez, yeah, if you're a woman and you're going out to a party, it, no th- no wonder guys are buying women's drinks all the time. I mean, a, a guy would spend his last three bucks. Uh, if a guy had three bucks and he was uh, diabetic and, uh, Wait, is a diabetic he needed some insulin he would spend his last 3 bucks on a Heineken right.
5: if he thought he was going to get a hand job out of it what it? i think even in the Victorian age candy is dandy but liquor is quicker so i think probably this has been not recognized liquor in the front <laughs> poker in the rear <laughs> that wasn't exactly okay. what i had in mind so we're so i worked with a I know guy you're named So who had a t-shirt that said that i know that. you're working your way back to Joe here
6: oh yeah no i'm done with joe no I, joe joe you should break up with her I, not only is she
5: too young for you now, but she's she's lying, right? And if you had her on the line, you could have the pull out the dollar bills, bet about her abuse pattern in the past, because so frequently a fourteen-year-old that can act or pass for an eighteen-year-old that's sexually active has been abused. Probably. Okay.
6: All right. But uh, geez, I, I'm um, uh, it, like I said, it's not something I I didn't know. It's just I relearned it that uh, booze uh, women just come undone sexually. When uh, when it comes to booze, as um, as my friend the uh, the Weeze would say, "Juice 'em up and go." That's uh... I think he took that from like a uh, Sizzlers or Hot Wheel uh, commercial from the '70s. Oh boy, Araceli.
8: Yeah.
6: You're 16. What's going on?
9: Um, I wanted to know. Hold on,
6: Bruce. I'm... Give me some more of that coffee, will you? Excuse okay. me. No, I'm just getting more of uh, Bruce's wife's coffee.
9: Um. I wanted to know if you could get pregnant while you're in your period.
5: You can get pregnant any time during your menstrual cycle because you just can't. So you you have to take precautions (laughs) at any time during your menstrual cycle.
6: Yeah, but it's less likely while you're having your period, isn't it? Right. But, I mean, again... Don't worry about the propaganda here for a minute. Just seriously. The problem with the
5: rhythm method, the, the reason there are probably more Catholics than any other religion on Earth, because the rhythm method... It uh, doesn't always work, and trying to gauge where you are in your cycle.
6: And it's a good religion. You can kill people and just you know say a handful of uh, you know uh, hail marys, and you're uh,
5: you're kind free. I just know I can mention anything, and I'll get you'll just go off on this <laughs> great you. tangent. So now, how do you how do you pronounce your name? Aristelly. Aristelly. Okay. Yeah. T- where are you? Uh, why is this relevant to you? Where are you at with this whole thing? Is that are you uh, well, afraid that you got pregnant or?
9: No, no, no. I just wanted to know, because we were talking about it, and I said that it would be less likely to get pregnant, you know? Yeah, it right. is. It
5: is, It is. but it's still It's still possible, and there are various reasons for that.
9: Wouldn't it be hard because, like, well, I don't know, because the blood is coming out, so then it wouldn't happen. Well, well I don't know,
6: y- your first obstacle is a lot of guys uh, don't, don't want to get near that. Yeah. That's A, number one, on the less likely scale. But number two... You can only get pregnant when you're ovulating, right? Right. Or after you're ovulated, or
10: right. you well, are you, you doing the it? Problem
6: how, oh, for Christ's sake! If Dr. Bruce is wiping the Marxalot board with a Sweet 'n Low packet, you don't have a Kleenex? I'll, I'll have oh, one. that is so pathetic. Hold I'll on, check let me my, see if my purse. <laughs> okay. mm-hmm.
1: There you go. Oh, well, thank you, Adam.
6: Boy. All right. So anyway, uh, what is that? What are we talking about? Yeah. You are talking about, ov- you you're quite a bit
5: ovulation. I'm, I'm very impressed.
6: <laughs> really? What's that mean?
5: <laughs>
6: <laughs> that's where the uh, grain becomes alcohol, right? Oh, yeah. That's, that's no, here, here's what I'm saying.
5: You can only get pregnant when you're ovulating or uh, after you've ovulated. Yeah, well, ovulate, you have the egg yeah. pop out and travel down the tubes into the uterus, and that's When can you time. get pregnant? Well, look, the, the point is... You don't her- know, do you? Sure I do. I'm All trying right, to look- explain a caveat. Right. Sperm has a lifespan of several days, uh, and the problem with trying to make a statement about when exactly can you get pregnant, you, you, you got to be very careful about saying, well, it's only at a certain point before, or after, or after you ovulate. It has a lifespan of a couple days
6: inside the woman. Right. What about in the hamper? Because I had a, a tube sock. <laughs> I was setting
5: you up. I was hoping you...
6: I, I, I swear to God, a tube sock jumped out at me <laughs> the other day and dry-humped my leg while I was walking out of the shower. Okay. All right. The, the point is, is it will live inside a woman for a couple of days. It, it can. The All right. Stop being you, a politician or a doctor. Stop <laughs> being so evasive. Um, can it? I'm a politician. I'm a doctor in the 90s. It may live inside people for up to what? Two or three days?
5: or three days okay
6: really. and and if you ovulate while it is in there then you're liable to get pregnant right
5: okay so they say to be very careful so you're
6: not ovulating when you're on your period no but you could have sex while you're on your okay. period and then ovulate uh, two days later and possibly get pregnant no the point
5: is when a, a woman thinks she's on her period she may not the the bleeding may not be related to the period. It's just, oh, Okay. you just have right. to. But you re- couldn't get pregnant on your period then, could you? Technically, I suppose you could not get pregnant
6: on your period. Right. And okay. most ovulation occurs like two weeks after the period. Ideally. Right. Okay. Well, that's the average. Okay. That's what we hear. John. John. Jesus, is John Someone sleeping there. already? Hello? John.
8: <laughs> hey, what's up?
6: the hell were you up to?
8: Oh, n- nothing.
6: All right, you're 17. Yeah. You're on with Dr. Bruce tonight.
8: Cool. Just wanted to say some notes that um, listened to you guys for four years, and I heard you, like, when it was you, Ricky Rackman, Dr. Drew, all together. Yeah, it was funny, man. Yeah. It cracked me up.
6: <laughs> but now it's even better, right?
8: Oh, yeah, definitely.
6: All right, thank you, Jeff.
8: You're welcome. Yeah, so you got my question, or you want me to repeat it? What?
6: Um... Uh, is it normal to be sexual uh, sexually shy around male friends
8: well okay well, let me describe it more this way then um, one, I live in a family like where there 's like tons of girls It's like, basically female dominated and i like uh, I never had a girlfriend and i basically i like to i 'm attracted to the female body and i 'm not into pornography, but i 'm into like say nudity and like just pictures of and see like playboy and stuff mm-hmm. and when um, I I only do this type of stuff, I, I'm very secretive about it. And when I think about it, like, outside of, like, when I'm outside with my friends, I get subconscious in because I judge my character and think, what, it's immoral and so, stuff like that.
6: Let me explain what the Playboy and the uh, um, Rhetorics of Hollywood calendar and, and, uh, and uh, Victoria's Secret and all that kind of stuff is. You know how you always talk about marijuana being a stepping stone drug? Yeah. That is stepping stone pornography. Okay. Don't worry. You'll Don't worry. you'll be onto the uh you know big black asses and stuff like that. Oh
8: yeah, I kind, in, kind of
6: inside of 2 years.
8: the body actually. All
6: right, but listen, everybody starts off with the Playboy and then they work their way work their way down. Now, you're implying that's good. I'm just or saying inevitable. it just struck me that that most guys start off with the Playboy, the penthouse, the uh Victoria's Secret catalog, so on <laughs> and so forth. Eventually, they will uh they will um Plummet to the depths of the uh, hardcore stuff, mm-hmm. and then eventually you watch the hardcore stuff, and you can't go back to
5: the other stuff. you I agree. You know, you've disagreed with me before about this. I think that's absolutely right. But that, I, I disagree with the marijuana
6: a, being a stepping stone drug. <laughs> I don't. I don't uh, deny no, that uh, penthouse or Playboy is a stepping stone. Uh, but you're, you're piece describing of literature
5: a, an addictive process, basically. Yeah. yeah. You just move forward. Uh, wasn't this the what was that the Bundy th- where the minister interviewed the? Uh, the guy that was some sort of violent criminal rapist on death row, and he implied that that uh, You're talking about Ted Bundy. I, I don't remember the name of that Al Bundy. <laughs> was, yeah, what Al. Bundy? Uh, I'm not sure. Those you the guy said who. the word Bundy? Okay. Well, it was the criminal that was into pornography, and he. Oh and right. He said that he had to go on to stronger and stronger, or more more vivid type of pornography, and there were a lot of people that disagreed with that. And I I thought that on the show previously you had been a well, supporter of the uh, pornographic... It It is for effed up people.
6: Uh-huh. It's like saying... It's like, you know, it's like, you know, use use the substance thing. I mean, there's people that can enjoy a beer or two and be all right with that. And then there's the ones that move on to tequila and then heroin. And then they just keep going. And, you know, if they can't... If they, they snort it, and then they swallow it, then they smoke it, then they mainline it. And it just keeps going. They just keep going. They have an unlimited... You know, momentum with a substance, for instance. There's people that have an unlimited momentum with pornography. Uh, There's people that have unlimited momentum with food, with gambling. I mean, like, I, I like to play a uh, football office pool every once in a while, but I'm not, you, you know, um, down at the blood bank trying to get 45 bucks so I can uh, catch a red eye out to Vegas and, you know, parlay this. And you, you know what I'm talking about? There's people that have momentum with stuff. Does that mean we should, we should, um, we should outlaw the lottery because some people play the lottery and then move on to, um, you know, serious bookmaking or what have you. Right. No, it's the same thing with pornography. We outlaw it because some crackpot, uh, his dog is telling him to kill and rape and, <laughs> and whatnot, and he's looking at pornography. I mean, you know, you can't, you can't
5: outlaw something because uh, a effed up person goes too far with it. Right. And I think in John's case, sounds like John's a normal 17-year-old. He, he sounds a little obsessive on Back yeah he does um john yo how many women do you live with
8: so okay well actually well there's i have one older sister and my mom but like we live close to our, like other relatives like relatives with cousins uh-huh. and like out of like a group of cousins of 7 there they're only like three boys and the rest are all girls or actually a group of nine oh. and like i'm always surrounded by like maybe say like three girls uh,
6: you're, so you're down. talking about this male-dominated society. I'm picturing, like, some sort of island with um, the <laughs> Amazon women. As it, as it turns out, you got, like, a 60-40 split. Big deal. You
8: well, uh, said
6: female-dominated.
8: What about the morality? Then? Well, what I say? Male-dominated.
6: Oh, I'm sorry. Female-dominated. Yeah. Uh, society. No, what were we asking about the what?
8: Um, Because, like, I, the morality question, because, like, I like the stuff I'm attracted to, and I find myself going to look for it. But, like, when I think about it or bring it up in conversation, I can totally disagree with it. I think that's it's wrong and stuff like that. Mm. So your
5: value system dictates that it's not right to look at pornography, but you like my, doing Yeah, it.
8: my values say that. It's, I would say it's wrong, but then I like, I just, I'm attracted to it. All right, you, so you
5: listen, change your
6: value system.
8: Change your value system? No, I'm telling you, you, no, because
6: your when your value system con- conflicts with your actions, that's when you, th- this is the, uh, this is a petri dish for pedophiles. This is where these guys are bred. This is where the weird ritualistic sex people, you know, this is where this stuff happened. I don't agree. You don't? But go on. Dr. Bruce. What? No, quiet talk now. Talk to me, John. John, listen. we got to go to break. <laughs> oh. I'm serious. Oh, that's not fair. Right, you're fine. Just don't be no, too hard on yourself. No, if you want to look at a playboy, look at a playboy. Don't beat yourself up. I want to hear what he wants to ask me after the break. Well, once you talk on, him off, treat me like a guest. All right, all right. Talk Shut up. You. I'm not that nice to our guests. All right, John? Yeah. Uh, all right, when we come back, you can ask Bruce a real quick question, okay? okay? All right. See, to me, Bruce, John sounded like he had other issues other than just the pornography issue. Wouldn't you say? You could hear it in his voice, couldn't you? Uh, no. I, what are you talking about? A little, about? Bit, no, a little, I little borderline. A little excessive. Excessive. Borderline
5: what? No, I want to hear it. It he sounds like he's got a moral value system. And one of my great interests in life is is how popular media and press and things like MTV. Ugh. How they how to deal with kids and with uh, families and I mean this is what I get coming to me parents and say how do I negotiate through my kids doing this or listening to that and it's I think what you say is is a great point. You can't outlaw things and you can't protect kids from all sorts of influences that parents may feel are real negative. It goes back to their own internal value system. And by 17 that's what you want a 17 year old to say is this is my value system this is what i believe in but i feel like i'm drawn towards this but i don't think that's right i think that's a healthy place to be
6: mm. yeah all right i'm only agreeing with you because <laughs> i gotta go to the bathroom
1: yo gee the phone number for loveline is one 800 love 191 Line, right back
3: All right. Heads up, guys. Blinds Galore Labor Day sales coming. You can save up to 50% on everything. Get your free samples so you'll be ready to go when those sales start. It is summer. It is hot. And you can use your blinds or at least get your blinds from Blinds Galore to get window coverings. And slash your home's heat gain up to 50%, save you up to $150 on your energy bill. Blindsglower.com, pioneer custom window treatments. You've heard him talk about it before. Two million windows of counting are covered. They know exactly how to get the right window treatments at a great price. Everything you get will be custom made. That's made for your window. It'll fit perfectly. Don't get out. Go to the store. You don't have to bother with any of that. Just measure it. It's easy. You save a ton. And they offer smart blinds that work with your smart home system as well. These guys really have all the blinds and shades you could ever want. Everything. They got it all. Whether you need more privacy to sleep in, to cool down, or just fix up a room, Blinds Galore is what you're looking for. And remember, it's Blinds Galore Labor Day sale coming up. Save up to 50%, so get samples, so you'll be ready to go. Blinds Galore makes it easy to get the custom blinds and shades you've always wanted in your home. Go check out BlindsGalore.com and let them know I sent you Dr. Drew. That is BlindsGalore.com.
7: Hi, this is Shirley and Steve from Garbage, and you're listening to Loveline with Adam Carolla
1: and Dr. Drew.
6: You mean Dr. Bruce, who's sitting in tonight for Dr. Drew. Phone number 1-800-LF-E-191, fax number 310-854-4455. What'd you dress as for, at, uh, for the Halloween thing there? Me? Yeah. I just rolled out of bed and went as Kramer. <laughs> you serious? Did you take your kids around?
5: A little bit. How old are your kids? You have like uh, nine kids, right? I got, yeah. Sorry, I've 10, let's see, uh, 10, 12, 14, and then 16 months. Ah, uh, 10, 12, 14. Uh, did the 14-year-old want to go out? And um,
6: There's those years. Uh, here's, here's how it goes. Uh, let's see. I'll try to work this out. From uh, age zero to age mm, three, you don't really know what's going on. Maybe two and a half. You don't know what's going on. Then from, let's say, age mm, 3, 4 to uh, maybe 12, you know what's going on, and you, you're you pretty psyched about it, and you want to go out and trick-or-treat and all that. Then from about 12 to 18, you want to go out, but just so you can screw with stuff. You want to go out and, like, vandalize and, uh, you know, kick people oh, sure. and stuff oh, like so that. so you're just
5: making you Halloween wanna, like, generals. Yeah, you. yeah. Okay, this is not like like adolescent psychology.
6: No, this is, well, this is adolescent psychology as it pertains to Halloween. We'll move on to um, um, Martin Luther King's birthday, (laughs) Christmas, (coughs) Groundhog Day, and and other other holidays as the night wears on. Right to spring break. No. So, from 12 to 18, maybe 12 to 16, that's the vandalization period. You want to go out, you want to break stuff, blow up pumpkins, uh, tip over stuff.
5: Girls? These are girls.
6: Oh. Yeah, girls get a little rowdy around that time, too. They're not going to vandalize, but they may hang out with the guys who vandalize. All right, from age 16 to um, early 30s, depending on what your status is, you just want to get laid. You're, you want to meet someone in the um, I Dream a Genie outfit and see what you can, you know, uh, rubber bottle. How old are you? I'm 33. So, okay. I'm in the hey, uh, sure. wait uh, stay home and wait to die. Hopefully someone in a Grim Reaper outfit will come by and claim my soul. So, so, so. yeah, and then once you get over it, your early 30s, it's just pretty much, you, know, you go to some sort of uh, lame um, office party or something like that, or just wait, just sit home. There's this age you get to when you actually derive... Pleasure from uh, others having pleasure. You know what I'm saying? Hmm. Like, like when you're somewhere after 30, you get a real kick out of a bunch of eight-year-olds coming to your door and you giving them some uh, Abba Abba bars and having them get all excited. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Well, you I... don't have that when you're, you know, when you're 10. You don't get off on uh, making some six-year-olds day by giving them a Hershey's bar. You're in it for yourself. At some point, I guess that's when you become an adult, you actually enjoy doing stuff for other people, giving them a Snickers
5: bar. Hmm. Well, you know, I, I just have a different view based All right. on marriage. Well, what are you life. talking you about? Be mari- well, hey. Hey, you
6: arguing with that? I'm a guest here.
5: All right, yeah. Go ahead. When you're married, once you're married, my impression is now my wife knows what I should be doing. She knows what my role is. So once you're at past 30, you normally should be married with kids. And my wife just directs me to, it's like, take the kids out trick-or-treating, and,
6: Take, it's very interesting. Take the kids out trick or treating. Uh, take the garbage She's with naturally you. Good at all don't these let things. the door hit you in the ass. Right, exactly. You're just oh, trying, to, you're
5: trying to get me to forget John.
6: Yeah, you are so pliable. He's it's Compared uh, to Drew, huh? No, Drew's pliable, too. He's just smart. He's not home. <laughs> <laughs> Drew
5: knows what he's going home to, and he's out. Oh, you're still talking about Halloween? Whatever. Uh, Believe me. John. You. Dr. Bruce. Uh, what were you going to ask me? I'm curious.
8: Okay, well. Um, I heard you about the. you were talking about the, like I guess the internal value system, right? And thank, and that actually made a lot of sense to me. And that uh, I think I had I had a pretty decent upbringing and everything like that. Just that, um, I guess maybe through media exposure because, like, yeah, I'm sort of a culture tater. I see a lot of that stuff, like sexuality and stuff like that. Uh-huh. That I guess I got first attracted to, interested, in, and then I just went and looked for it more. And I guess my question, or actually I oh don't know, I question myself in like what I do, like because I still like to see that stuff, and um and it's current, I think it's also like illegal for like minors to do that too also, so that also kind of like pops up in my head. Mm-hmm. but like um I think as a character myself i'm I'm a good guy, and I, and most people wouldn't think that I would be the one to do that.
6: Uh, what's that?
8: You mean like just going to be into like a playboy or like just like
6: the, oh please, please listen, John. When I was twelve, I was uh, turning over uh, Izzy, the guy's house I used to babysit at. I turned that place over looking for a playboy. <laughs> I mean, I literally tore it apart, like um, like uh, what they did to um, <laughs> who's the uh, Olympic bomber? What the hell's that guy's name? Jewel, Richard Jewel. Uh, oh for oh, Christ's sake. What is it with you doctors by the way? You, you you know nothing but medicine? He's not he wasn't the Olympic bomber. He didn't do it. <laughs> okay, do you have another name for the Olympic bomber? The the point is is I would tear this guy's house apart like uh, the FBI going through Richard Jewell's place. I, I really would. For? Yeah, I would actually if yeah, I would actually cut open the fish that were in his tank looking for Looking for some remnants of a playboy.
5: Well, that sounds pathologic, John doesn't sound pathologic.
6: No, that's what I'm saying. Okay, John. John's normal. The only the, the you know, here's the only part that's screwed up about John. He's he's um he's putting himself under too much scrutiny. Yeah, he's too worried Just about relax. That. You're fine. You're very normal. You're having these feelings because uh, these are age appropriate feelings, as Doctor Drew would say. All right. Jackie. Yes. You're nineteen. What's going on?
10: Um, I was having a problem with uh my boyfriend you would say um everybody tells me that he's too possessive of me controlling and everything and i I don't really see it but then i do it sometimes like there was an incident with my car had to be getting fixed and he wouldn't do it and he did finally did about months later i just don't know if i'm doing the right thing or what
6: boy that's uh uh, get out now (laughs) uh what the that was a, quite a quite an illustration, Jackie. There's an incident where your, your car needed to be fixed, and then he did it like a month later. What?
5: I was concentrating
6: on later. this one. Oh, a couple months later. Yeah. What are you looking at?
5: I was looking at number four because you wanted to write the thing down ahead. So oh, who cares?
6: Oh, please, don't do that. <laughs> Why don't we care? Jackie, that's not really being possessive, him saying he was going to fix your car, and it took him um, eight weeks to get around to it. Mm-hmm. Was that being possessive?
10: No, it's just he get, he complains when I go out to my dad's house because him and my dad don't get along whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And he complains, and we get in a big old argument. Then he says he's sorry. And uh, how old is he? Confusing. <clears throat>
5: how old your boyfriend?
10: He's twenty-four.
6: Mm, uh, you're you're eight uh, 19?
10: nineteen Yep. Mm-hmm.
6: Uh, how long ago did you meet him?
10: Uh, about two years ago.
6: So yeah. you were. Seventeen, and he was twenty-two. Yeah, that's yeah, a little suspect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, what's his deal? Has he ever? Has he ever hit you?
10: No. Uh,
6: does he ever call you any names?
10: Eh, once in
6: a while. Yeah, but we you get d-
10: into
6: it. Uh huh. Um, do you have any idea what his relationship? What's he is, do for a living?
10: He's a machinist.
6: Mm, that's scary. What? Where at?
10: Uh G. G. Kern, the oh. old engine.
6: Uh, oh, oh, he's working G. G. at an engine place.
10: Yeah. Twelve yeah. hours
6: a day. Nah, like uh, he's like, um, like um, uh, honing, honing uh, engine blocks out and stuff like that.
10: For NASCAR. You're
6: headed down the wrong road. Oh, you're for NASCAR. St-
5: you're stereotyping yeah. this guy.
6: Yeah, I don't know. This guy's a blockhead. Uh, guys who work around metal are always stupid. <laughs> they really are. Uh, the, the dumbest guys in the world are welders. These are the, this is the scariest element in society is guys who weld, especially that have to do with automotive mm-hmm. welding. Muffler shops, guys who work at muffler shops, they should all be arrested. If I were ever uh, a police chief in this town, I would just arrest everyone who worked at a muffler shop. Crime would go down 25% the next day, immediately. I'm telling you. He, he's
10: still living at his mom and dad's. Too. Nah, he's
5: 24, he's living at his mom and dad's, and uh, he's working around metal. Other than the possessive nature, uh, where is the relationship going? Do you see it going in one direction or another? or more so? Um... Do you have that little voice saying to you this isn't, uh...
10: Yes, because I got, like, four years of college in front of me, and I don't know if I could put up with his parents and him and...
5: Are you worried about what would happen if you tried to break it off with him?
10: Yeah, kind of.
5: Okay, so you're not sure what he would do. Exactly. (laughs) Has he
6: ever explained the Magnaflux process to you, Jackie?
10: Mm, Somewhat.
6: Okay, just checking. Why is that? I'm just checking. Okay. (laughs) I I don't want to know why. All right, uh... It sounds like you're done with this. As a matter of fact, Jackie, it sounded like you were done with this six months ago. Yeah. As a matter of fact, even though you're 19 and he's 24, you sound like the older one in the relationship. Yeah, I can and do And you're, you're looking down the road a little. You're seeing yourself with a uh, college degree, and this guy uh, still living at home, uh, making a pyramid of domestic <laughs> beer cans uh, in his windowsill uh, to pass the hours when he's uh, not turning brakes back at the shop. So... I think you're about done with this one, Jackie. Listen to your friends. By the way, uh, people are always right. You know those people where uh, you go, like all my friends uh, say the guy's being possessive, and I'm not sure? "Eh, they're right. And you know when you hear, uh, when everyone calls you an a-hole? You're an (laughs) a-hole. But I believe that stuff all the time. Like when you hear about some actor that's really hard to work with and a real head case, and everyone they've worked with has said they're a head case, you know what? They're They're a head case. That's it. You don't
5: get that reputation. But this is also a great example of when you tell somebody when they're a girl that's 14, 15, 16 about going out with an older guy, oh, you're going to change so much, or even if, like you said, 17, 22, slightly suspect, people change at those ages so much yeah. that the relationships don't usually transition through those changes. So. You change a ton between, you know,
6: 17, you're a senior in high school, and uh, 19, you can be out and, you know, working full time. Hey, Sabrina? Yeah. You're 18? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to read your question here. Parents made her go to another school because they hate her boyfriend. Is that true? Yeah. Okay. We'll uh, find out why they hate your boyfriend. I'm sure it's for good reason when we come back.
8: Welcome to
9: the biggest show on earth. Realms Galore, the strangest freak, the highest
1: acrobats, and the funniest clowns. Love one. We'll be right back.
3: This is Dr. Drew for True Car. Everyone is talking about transparency these days, a word you hear a lot, because people want it. So when it comes to making a big purchase, like perhaps buying a new car, you expect some transparency in the buying process. This is a process that gives you the confidence to know you're getting the fair deal, right? So you can really look at all the details. To understand the power of transparency, you need to check out True Car and True Car's mobile app. True Car not only can configure the car you want and how you want it, but you can see what others actually paid for the same car you're looking for. Down to the zip code, so right in your area, you see the very same car. So you know what you can expect to pay for the car you want. Pretty transparent, right? And once you decide on that car, you can lock in guaranteed savings on an average over three thousand dollars off MSRP. Then you're connected with a trusted TrueCar certified dealer that will honor your savings without any negotiation, no shenanigans. So when you're ready for a new, transparent car buying experience, save time, save money, and never overpay. Download the TrueCar app today.
1: This is Dean and Will from Collective
6: Soul. And you're listening to Love Line with Adam Carolla and Dr. Drew. Yes, except for it's Dr. Bruce tonight, who's a um, hes a board-certified internist as well, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, emergency medicine is where your specialty lies.
5: Right. That's what I practice. It's my chemistry professor says I'd never want to be in a profession where you spend your entire career practicing. Yeah. <laughs>
6: And I guess people laughed because he was a teacher and they didn't want to get pissed off. It it made me think, actually. Well, they just call it practicing, please. Phone number 1-800-LOVE-191, fax number 310-854-4455. Just because I love bagging on the system, I just have to mention something that I thought of. Uh, On my way to the Halloween party Friday night, I was sitting in some traffic, I saw a... um, a uh, parking enforcement car parked next to me, and um, I don't know if they do this in other states or cities. But when there's trouble, uh, when when the police department gets a little tarnished, they'll go ahead and put a logo or a uh, motto on the side of the car, like LAPD is to protect and serve. And uh, I don't know what your do you who who's what do you have sheriff out where you are, Bruce? Uh huh. What, what you know something. what their motto is? Uh, I don't remember. To what?
5: To lock up people
6: <laughs> <laughs> But I was uh, sitting next to a, uh, uh, the uh, meter maid, and they've never had any kind of motto on the side of their car before, but I guess uh, they've been getting a bad rap or something. So whenever things are going badly, they, they come up with a quick motto and stick it on the uh, driver's side door, and it said, Helping Los Angeles Move. Or it was either that or Helping People Move. And I was looking at it, and I thought, uh, yeah, to Iowa. You bastards. Convinced. You're driving everyone out of town. You
5: weren't convinced.
6: Either. Oh, let me just say something real quick, and then we're moving right on. I don't know if people know this, but uh, my car was destroyed mm, about two years ago, right when I started this show. It was uh, maybe a week before I started this show. I was standing out in the balcony of my apartment looking at my uh, 85 Toyota Supra talking on the phone to New York when a pickup truck just destroyed my car. I mean, uh, 45 miles an hour, didn't touch the brakes, right into my parked car. Hit my car. My car just went careening out into the middle of the street, and this guy's pickup truck rolled right onto the lawn of my apartment, and I was staring right down the hood of this pickup truck. I was on a balcony that was about four feet off the ground. The first floor of this apartment wasn't down on the street level, but, but I was real close to the ground, and I was just watching this whole thing unfurl. Now the guy throws the thing into reverse, and he tries to drag his crippled pickup truck off the lawn. He's completely, not just the front end up over the curb or whatever, he's up over the curb, across the little medium there, and on the lawn of the apartment. And he throws the thing in reverse, and he's trying to drag the truck off the lawn and get going down the street. This guy's alive? After yeah. After hitting it? Yeah. So he's, he's, he's driving a big, uh, full-size Ford, oh. like F-250 pickup, brand new. My car's completely accordion. Okay. He throws the thing in. Now... I'm sort of toying with the idea of jumping off the balcony and, like, onto the hood of the car in one of those great uh, Mannix or Starsky and Hutch maneuvers I've been watching for a long time. By the way, jumping on hoods of cars, I think, is only something that works on, on TV. I'm sure I would go rolling off before the guy even pulled out onto the street. And then I'm thinking, this guy's drunk. He's probably got a right. shotgun rack, you know. What the hell am I doing? I will wait until he pulls away, and I will catch his, driver's license, uh, his uh, license plate. But this guy's car is so effed up, he's not going anywhere. So he throws it in the reverse. He's dragging. This is one, one in the morning. He's dragging the car back onto the street. One tire's completely blown out. I mean, it's just down to the rim. The fender's completely caved in. And he's now taking off down the street with uh, one front tire that's inflated. And then the other one he's driving on a rim. Hmm. And he's making a god awful noise, and people are coming out to the street, so on and so forth. Anyway, uh, somebody hops in their car, and uh, the guy abandons the truck about a mile down the road and takes off on foot. They uh, pull the registration from the car, so on and so forth, and uh, get the guy's name um, and get this thing basically straightened out. Now, I don't have insurance. I only have the minimum coverage insurance. I don't have any kind of uh, comprehensive, I guess it is. Uh So my Supra, which is worth about four grand, is completely Demolish My car, I needed to get a tow truck to get my car from the street back to the curb. That's how effed up it was. A tow truck to move my car about eight feet back to where it was. It couldn't even, you know, five guys couldn't even roll the thing back. It was so screwed up. So my car's completely told them. Naturally, the guy who hit my car said uh, that he, uh, you know, he fell asleep. I'm sure he was drunk. He fell asleep. Uh, then he panicked. Uh, then he left. Uh, but he wants to make everything right. He's dying to make everything right, and I said, uh, "Fine, you can make everything right." Blue book is uh, four grand. You pay me four grand, and everything's right. Well, he doesn't pay me naturally, so we go to court. When we go to this uh, god-awful Van Nuys court, which, uh, by the way, it's it's just become it's like Ellis Island over there. I mean, it's 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 just total pandemonium. They they ought to just put a fence around that place and uh, strafe it with napalm. I, lawyers and everybody, administrators and everybody, but the point is is we go over to the Van Eyes where I'm treated like a criminal for about four hours because I'm there, and anyone in the courtroom is a potential criminal unless you're wearing a three-piece suit and carrying an attaché case. Then we go to the judge, and the judge says, uh, hey, it's, uh, you know, Blue Book is four grand. Do you agree to pay uh, Mr. Corolla four grand? And uh, this a-hole says, uh, no, Your Honor, um, uh, I looked at the car, you know, the next day, and the tires were bald, and so on and so forth, and it was not worth a uh, medium blue buck.
5: Well, what did the judge say?
6: Well, the judge said, uh, well, you guys are going to have to sort of arbitrate and figure out what what the car's worth in order to figure out what he owes you. And this is a hit and run, basically. This is a hit and run. It's a felony. So a fel- this yeah. guy's got the huevos. After destroying my car and fleeing... To sit in front of me and tell me uh, four grand is too much. How about thirty-five hundred for the blue book? I had a big pile of receipts under my arm, and I told the guy, "Listen, it's four grand, and I will pull out these receipts, and I will pull out receipts for car tires that you said were bald that I bought two months ago, and I will humiliate you right now, right in front of this judge. Now, either you go to four grand, or I'm going to start pulling receipts out, and it's going to get real embarrassing." What did he do? So, he he went to four grand. Now he owes me four grand, and the court's going to take care of it. They work out a payment plan with this guy. He's going to send me two hundred and fifty bucks a month for eh, two and a half years, or whatever the hell it works out to be. Right? Right. Okay. I get uh, two payments uh, two years ago. So far, I've gotten four, five hundred bucks. Uh, he owes me thirty-five hundred bucks, and it's been two years since I've seen a payment. Now, here's my point. Okay. Uh, because uh, I, I'm, I'm getting into some uh, civil disobedience here. These mofos wrote me a ticket for parking in front of my effing garage about a month ago. And if I don't pay this ticket, it's going to warrant in a month. And if I don't pay it after that, I will, it, it'll double. The ticket will go from you know 32 bucks to 64 bucks to 85 bucks, And if I still don't pay it, they're going to send marshals over my house to arrest me. All right, I pay registration, I pay taxes, I pay insurance, I pay everything, and I pay all their damn uh, minuscule parking tickets and everything else. Now, they have an opportunity to enforce the law. You understand? This guy owes me four grand. Do you think they give a rat's ass about that? Do you think I've heard from anybody at the Van Nuys court system in two years? No. You think they've arrested this guy? Are you kidding? Have they suspended his license? Are you kidding? You know why? Because there's not a penny in it for them. They're not making any money off this guy. They only make money off of me when I don't pay my parking tickets and they go to, uh, they go to warrant. You know I'm. One- I can't stand this. What is their job? Is their job to milk society? Or is their job to enforce the laws that they've created? This son of a bitch owes me four grand, and it's been two years, and I've not heard from any of them over there. It's going to be like pulling teeth, because I'm going over there tomorrow to try to get something out of these people. What? I'm wondering what's in my
5: wife's coffee. I've never seen you this agitated.
6: Well, can you believe that? I mean, is that hypocrisy or what? There's no justice. You know damn well if I didn't pay a jaywalking ticket that they would send over the effing SWAT team to my house, Three months after it went to warrant to come uh, uh, drag me into the courthouse, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'll
5: tell you a shorter story of injustice. But a
6: guy owes me four grand. You think they give a rat's ass? No. Why? No money in it for them. That's they right. don't get any money. It's just my money. You know what I got to do? Here's what we should do we should cut them in on it. We should turn them into collectors more than we should uh, I- administrators and, and judges and attorneys. We'll just make a collection. We'll make them like bail bondsmen or something. Listen, this guy owes me four grand. Uh, I'll give you guys four hundred fifty bucks if you can get it out of him for me. In which case, they would gladly go uh, shake the guy until change fell out of his pocket. Bastards. Do you feel All right. Better? No. All right. Yeah. One of, the, one of the.
5: This is here's a short story. Now we got to move right. on with okay. the show about a guy getting hit by a car.
6: Oh, is it good? One of the guys... My uh, all right, room? listen.
5: I'll tell you what we'll do uh,
6: because uh, I'm going to yell that.
5: You have Sabrina on hold. All right.
6: got we, we gotta, We'll talk to Sabrina for a second. We'll go to break and then you'll uh, tell me a story about the guy getting
5: story. ran over by a car? Hit by a car. Is it good? Yeah. This guy and my colleague in my ER group.
6: Okay. Sabrina. <laughs> Sabrina's still
5: there?
9: Yeah.
5: Are, are you as outraged as I am?
9: Uh, Definitely. Are
5: you okay? As, are you a little concerned about Adam ranting and raving like that? Oh, yeah. Okay. Parents made her go to
6: another school because they hate her boyfriend.
9: Well, it wasn't really that they hated him. It was that I wasn't allowed to date. All right. But um, what my big my question is that we went out for about six, seven months, and then my parents pulled me out of school, put me in a different school, where they could keep an eye on me. Um, I got really upset, went out with this other guy to get back at them. He went out with someone else, but I can't get him out of my head right now. And I just found out he moved out of state. So There's no way I'm going to be able to get a hold of him. How do I get myself over him? He's like the only guy I was ever in love with.
6: Okay, you don't, uh, he's out of state.
9: I know, but
7: I can't Good. stop thinking about
6: him. Okay, well that's fine. Hey, there's nothing we can tell you to make you stop thinking about him. You're going to think about him for a while, and then you'll stop thinking about him, and then he'll be just a distant memory. Uh, get on with your it takes, life. It takes time. Stay, stay with everything. There's no magic answer here. At least he's out of state, so he can't come back and ruin your life periodically. We'll be back.
1: Kick it! I want to love you. Yeah. Love Lion will be right back. And boy, will we be mad if you bail.
8: Yeah,
3: film balls. Week in, week out, we help you navigate through what's out there in the theaters. On the Film Vault. As well as what's streaming in the house near you, and preferably your own.
1: Would you call the Film Vault a life-changing experience listening to it?
3: I think it's mildly amusing.
1: Mildly amusing and life-changing?
3: As well as life-affirming.
1: Okay, I like that. So have your life changed, affirmed, and be mildly amused on the Film Vault.
0: We do it for Van Gogh every week on Podcast One.
1: O-N-E. That's O-N-E.
6: It's uh, Loveline. I'm Adam Carolla. That is Dr. Bruce, and we will be back in 10 seconds. This
1: is Loveline on Radio Station.
6: Hey, it is Loveline. I'm Adam Corolla. It's uh, Dr. Bruce, phone number 1-800-L-O-V-E-191. Chumbawamba will be in here tomorrow night. And uh, Dr. Bruce promised to tell a story about um, somebody getting run over by a car, but he told it to me during the during the commercial. That <laughs> I don't know if you're going <laughs> to spice it up or, or, or what, but no, it really just, wasn't uh, much of a story. Was, the, now, the story you just told me was real good. Uh, no, we don't you, you can't talk about that one?
5: No, it's just it's just the frustration working in emergency medicine. It's the same frustration the system somehow doesn't work in the case of you know with gang did the guy live oh yeah lived left and he never got prosecuted
6: the gangbanger oh, right
5: shot a cop cop dies the guy lives and for lack of witnesses that could accurately identify him, the guy walked
6: well <laughs> who shot him i mean didn't they have uh... the, cop,
5: the cop that died shot the retired cop that right shot him
6: well here's the story tell the story real fast
5: uh retired cop waiting for his wife in the restaurant where she's a waitress a couple of gangbangers come in, put a gun to her head, he pulls out his gun, the shots are exchanged. Right. They both come in our emergency room. The cop, we work on him, about 20 minutes, he dies, I'm called over to the other guy, and uh, he's conscious, and his concern is, well, I actually asked him, I said, I said, you just killed that guy. No, I wasn't there, I didn't do it. <laughs> and so, very frustrating situation, and when I was after, I've been doing this for 15 years, it gets very frustrating. And you, of course, have to give the same service. So. How
6: about a little mercy killing?
5: Right. Well, absolutely, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Why not? Because it lowers you to the... I mean, I, why not? I mean, it's insane to even...
6: Wait a minute. It doesn't lower you to their level if you... Uh, you know, it's like, it's like saying if uh, the, the guy who tried to th- put a uh, bomb in uh, blow-up Hitler in 1941. Is well, that, was he no. lowered to Hitler's <laughs> level by trying to kill Hitler?
5: No, I think that's a little different. It but, is? Yeah, sure. We got some guys a murderer. Well, it would be, it'd be very frightening if physicians in emergency rooms were, uh, were taking justice into well, I'm hands. all but for it. Why not? Okay, well, anyway, it's a very frustrating situation. Listen, and any
6: guy you're pulling a bullet out of who's not wearing a badge, <laughs> just give it to him. <laughs>
5: you know what I'm saying? Well, that's not quite the way it is, but we're, I thought this was sort of like, instead of Love Line, it was uh, Injustice Line tonight. So
6: Well, it's, it, has, uh, it has taken a turn. I'm glad yeah. you
5: got down off the table, because I am afraid you are going to fall off and hurt yourself.
6: Just for one minute, everyone closed their eyes and imagining um, uh, me owing the uh, Van Nuys traffic department four grand. Uh, you think I'd hear something from well, them uh, in the, the next two, two years? Are you kidding? True. I'd be getting sodomized in prison. Aisha. Yeah.
9: Aisha? Aisha. Aisha? Uh-huh.
6: Holy Christ. You're 16. What's going on?
9: Okay. Um, I was with this guy for about a year. And there were some problems, but we stayed together because, of course, we always think they're going to work out. But we ended up breaking up. We've been broken up for about three or four months, and we're still seeing each other. And um, a lot of the times he wants to stop seeing each other, and so I'll cry, and I'll want to get over him, but I I don't.
6: When, When you say seeing each other, what do you mean?
9: Like, we'll still go out, and we'll still talk on the phone, and we'll still hug and kiss and take it a lot further. and.
6: You having sex?
9: Yeah. Oh, still. Yeah,
6: how old's the guy? Bruce, were you getting any of this when you were, you know, 16? I mean, did you have some, like, uh, you know, no. service mm-hmm. agreement with uh, some other... How old is this guy? He's 19. Oh. Yeah. The 1916 arrangement yeah, not good A bad year i think world war one broke out <laughs> that year do you feel like he's using you no well uh, he is he's a year out of high school yeah you're in the 11th grade or 10th yeah,
9: grade 11th
5: yeah. is he a metal worker no <laughs> is he is is he ever welded
9: no <laughs> all
5: right <I> just <laughs> wanted to break the, stere- just break the stereotype there does the word flux
6: mean anything to him No. No. Okay. Well, I'm turning the cards over.
9: He works with computers, actually.
6: Really? Yes. All right. Is he welding on them? No. No. Okay. Well, then he might be a decent guy. He is. Why aren't you guys together?
9: Um, I was bad. I... What'd you do? I cheated.
6: Okay, there's some gambling going on now. Hold on, Aisha. Hold on a second. All right, I kicked Dr. John's ass last time he was in here. Mm. You know, he's a psychologist, but... uh, Shame put a, on
5: you. They'll put Shame a pretty good
6: you. whooping on him when it came to the gambling. We're now going to gamble, Dr. Bruce. Okay. You got any money on you? Yeah. Right, could you get some out, please? Where's your money? Don't worry about where my money is. I don't know right. if
5: this is legal. Isn't there an FCC law? Oh, that's...
6: F that FCC. Let me tell you something about the legal. A... We can't gamble a buck on the radio in the name of uh, good fun uh, because that's illegal. And uh, meanwhile, they're running uh, lotto spots uh, so uh, toothless people okay, can okay. gamble. There's many inje- injustices Jesus we can deal with them all tonight. Oh, okay. Stupid lotto. I, I damn anyone who plays the lotto. Lotto is a gambling for idiots and morons. Okay. And the state endorses it. <laughs> but you can't bet on a football game because you could handicap that. Oh. Anyway, all right. Um, Aisha. Uh, Aisha 16. Aisha is uh, having on-again, off-again sex with a 19-year-old and cheated on him. Aisha's uh, gambling on her past. You understand the mm-hmm. show, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going with mm, sexual abuse at
5: some point early on. What do you think? I go with divorce or father with a substance abuse problem. Well, one or the other. Oh, I think get one choice. Okay, I'd say... You can go both. I, no, I'd say parental conflict or one of her parents... Oh, please. No. Every parent has conflict. Okay, okay. Well, one of the parents having an affair... Go with substance abuse. No, no, no. Oh, there was some One affair. of the parents having an affair oh, that's good. or the
6: parents are divorced because of it. All right, because of the affair. Right. Now, in order for you to make a daughter, there has to be an affair okay. in the background. Oh. Oh. But that's good. And what's your... choice? Tr- wait, 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 where are you? What are I'm you? going with some sort of uh, sexual abuse. I'm keeping it loose. Could be a uh, parent, could be a uh, neighbor, something okay. like that. Okay. Aisha? Yes. What uh, went on in the back? Uh, um,
9: actually, Bruce is right.
6: Oh, bastard.
9: Everything he said, really.
6: When your, your dad was fooling around in your mouth?
9: No, no, no. Um, my, my uh, mom ended up marrying another guy. My parents were never married. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um... My parents stopped seeing each other, drug related. Mm-hmm. Um, my stepdad and my mom got divorced because my stepdad was on drugs, oh. and it was pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Bad breakup. So.
6: Um, all right. Was there was there any fooling around? There was some fooling around.
9: Um, towards the end of their relationship, oh. I, I personally think there was, but I'm not okay. sure. Okay.
6: All right, so, so um, you know, monkey see, monkey do, <laughs> right?
9: Uh, not the drug part, no.
6: No, but uh, that was a pretty good guess on um, on on the behalf of Dr. Uh, Bruce, it which ge- is it wasn't a guess.
5: It was an educated <laughs> deduction of the situation uh, right. based the, the, on my clinical appraisal of <laughs> listen. <laughs> okay, but I used how how early on did you start having relationships, sexual relationships? How old were you? Um. Young. Okay. How old? I
9: don't want to say. Well, uh, come on. Probably listen. No,
6: but tell tell me, because I may win a buck back. If no, was no, like, no, no. Yes, if she was having sex before, let's say, 13, that's uh, that could be a form of abuse. Oh. Bef- <laughs> before 13? You're exploitative. Sh- shush. Don't answer him. <laughs> Shut his mic off, engineer <laughs> Mike. Before 13?
9: Do I have to say yeah, okay, No, you, No, you don't no, have to say yes. it.
5: Well, listen,
6: here's it.
9: Now, you should start
5: being healthy, having healthy boundaries, and tell Adam to buzz off. Oh, oh boy. I want you to say, Adam, that's not healthy for me to do, so I'm not going
6: to... I am a woman. Hear me roar. All right, right, but listen, here's what I'm saying, and please, I, uh, you know, I never thought I'd say this, but I wish True were here now. Here's what I'm saying to Aisha. If she started having sex when she was uh, 11, 12, 13 years old with a guy who was 18... Uh, that's uh, no, no. that's
5: abuse. You're focusing on winning your dollar back. Of course, you don't care I care about the I, clinical <laughs> situation. Well, yes, but I appear to. Okay. The, the point I to, is, I think Adam's an example of the type of male that would victimize you. <laughs> take advantage. Of it. I, if you were 12 and the guy was 16, Drew would say that was abuse. I
6: don't no. think.
9: Same age.
5: Uh, two 12-year-olds getting it
9: on? No, Jeez. no,
5: no. no. Uh, okay. All right. Okay. All right. Well, wait a second. Where's it? Uh, all right. This the situation you're in now, though, is sort of emblematic of of where you will continue to be with men if you don't get some help. I think actually some counseling help and getting a grip on or a handle on. uh, Yeah, and here's the thing with you, Aisha. Um,
6: You're smart. I can hear it in your voice. You're only 16. Intuitive. You're acting out a little bit. Uh, That is uh, age-appropriate, as Drew would say again. And you, you, you didn't suffer any major trauma as a kid. You didn't have the greatest role models, but you weren't traumatized. Uh, so uh, I have all the confidence in the world that you'll get through this period. Now, you don't want to get AIDS, you don't want to get crabs, and you don't want to get pregnant, and you don't want to commit suicide uh, during these tough years between the age of 16 and maybe 19 when uh, things are a little touch-and-go. Right, but also
5: this is sort of instinctual behavior with her because we've been through that in a family situation. Right. Then it it and it's something you have to work through frequently with a counselor because yeah. otherwise it'll happen. Because what's going on with her and the boyfriend is partly of her right planning. All right, Bruce, stop trying to help everyone. Holly, hmm. hi. You're seventeen.
4: Hi. Um, I actually have two questions. Uh-oh. Um, the first one is I was wondering why in the last four months, well, around the last four months, I like when me and my husband have sex. I like it more violent now. Like uh, kinda yeah. into the S and M type mm-hmm. of deal. So I thought got you had the, a
6: question about menstrual cramps. Hold on, you still got I that I do. You <laughs> <got> that <laughs> money out. Huh? Uh, how long you been married, Holly?
4: Um, I've been married about fifteen months now.
5: Mm. How old's your husband? <laughs> <She's> Twenty two. <laughs> and how long did you date him before you got married? Three years. Uh nineteen forty. Wait, wait, hold on. Oh. We're really doing some math here. Hold on a
6: second. Yeah. <laughs> Holy macro. Um You're 17? Uh Uh-huh. You've been married for 15 months, so I'm guessing you're going to be 18 soon. Yeah, I'm going
4: to be 18 in like 25 days.
6: Okay. We'll just call that a month. So uh, you got married at uh, (laughs) 16.4 or something or whatever.
4: Yeah.
6: Okay, and you started dating, you were dating your husband for three years before you got married? Yeah. So you were about thirteen.
4: Uh, 14, around
6: there. No, nah, we're going with 13.
4: Okay. Yeah,
6: you know I'm <laughs> right. right. <around>
4: there.
6: <laughs> 13, and he's 22 now, uh-huh. so he was uh 18.
4: hmm
6: we got a real theme going on tonight. Uh, okay. How do you date a 13-year-old at 18? And, uh, obviously... I had to
4: grow up fast, so I didn't act like a 13-year-old.
6: So. Oh, I'll bet. Oh, boy. All right. Oh, I think we got to gamble a little more. Uh, hold on a second. We've never done this before in the Line, but we're gambling on two. Oh, look at uh, <laughs> Dr. Bruce. Well, to your, you
5: sh- li- your eyes followed those two dollars. I know. Oh, for attacked. Christ's
6: sake. You got change for a 20? Oh. I'm really hurting. Do you have any?
5: I, yeah, I bought the half and half.
6: Really? Oh,
5: Christ's sake.
6: I better not lose two bucks, uh, two calls in a row. All right, Holly, uh, you go first with Holly. Thank you. Really? Jesus, you just break that 20? Huh? Yeah. Wait a minute. What was that dollar? <laughs> Who's dollars that? All right. What's Almost, going? Okay. Oh, look. There's only Whatever. seventeen bucks here. Okay. It's not breaking a twenty. All right. There's a there's a magic dollar in there. Okay. Okay. let What do you want to bet on? You go first. What's
5: your idea? Who? What do we bet? I mean.
6: Oh well, Holly is seventeen. She's been married for. Oh, um, okay. You so know, I've got to tell you. Since she was six. she got married at sixteen, was dating an eighteen year old abs- at thirteen. Absentee father. Absentee father. <laughs> Uh, I'm going with a physically abusive father Come on now, Holly <laughs> really pulling for the abuse Holly? Yeah? Was there some physical abuse in your past? Um, yeah Yes <laughs> was
4: Actually both, sort of um,
6: Sexual too?
4: No um, Well, see, my father deserted me when I was like two years old
6: Well, we know that
4: And my mother got married to another guy who adopted me
6: Mm-hmm. and
4: both of them abused me since I was about five years
6: old. You, your mom did, too.
5: Physical abuse?
4: Yeah.
5: Okay.
6: I'm Physical taking the box Oh, that. no, you're not. Yes, I am.
5: It's a draw.
6: Of course, the uh, dad. Of my dad's gone, too. Everyone's dad's gone.
5: Please. <laughs> your dad Your dad was here. I was on the show with him two years. Ago. I was? Yeah, you did a Bastard. great job.
1: He oh, he's pulled horrible. your covers,
5: my friend. <laughs>
1: oh, he's horrible. He's <laughs> <That's> great. <laughs> my dad's
5: horrible. You're kidding.
6: <laughs> All right, so, uh, Holly, yeah. We knew something was up with you because um, nobody, you know, sees a. When you're 13, you're not dating guys who are 18 and you're not getting married at 16 unless you're just dying to get out of the environment.
4: No, I was out of the environment for about two years before we got married uh, because my parents threw me out of the house. So,
5: Well, that's consistent with the whole, right. whole picture. Okay,
6: so then now you're getting into uh, violent scenarios sexually yeah. with your husband. Mm-hmm. Right, because that's what sh- you know. I mean, yeah. you're, you're, you know, getting in touch with that, uh, the violence that was portrayed on you when you were younger.
4: uh uh-huh.
6: You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, you know, here's what people do, sexually and um, in all aspects of life. They pretty much just, um, uh, they just cast their little play. I mean, they get brought up in a little environment. And then they get out of that environment, and they go out into life, you know, uh, college, work, whatever, and they cast little plays. All right, you'll be the role of the abusive, uh, playing the role of the abusive dad, uh, the guy who lives down the hall from me. Uh, playing the role of the alcoholic mom will be um, um, Sissy, who uh, is in my uh, biology class with me, or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And they just cast, and and, and and then they just relive that scenario over and over again, unless they get it straightened out. Now, how do you get it straightened out? Nah, you you got to go into some therapy. you got to work it out.
4: I was wondering, could it possibly be, because I had a son four months ago. Oh. And oh. Uh, I was...
6: Where is he? Huh? Where is that son of yours?
4: He's asleep in bed. <laughs> oh. But I was wondering... What is that? Could it possibly be because, like, I'm afraid to hit my kid because, you know, how it supposedly goes down the line. Could it be maybe that's my way of taking the uh,
6: vibrations out? No, not a, bad, not, not a bad angle, but I, I believe it's just you sort of reliving. It's it's the reason why uh, kids of alcoholics get hooked up with alcoholics.
4: You well, know, I was, too. I mean, my parents were both alcoholics, but I don't drink very often.
6: And what about your husband, though?
4: He can't drink. He had a seizure, so he's on dilatinate.
6: From, from He had a seizure from what, drinking?
4: Um, From stress, and um, he has some abnormal um, brain waves in his right. brain.
5: Oh. Okay, well, good. Yeah. With, I mean, with good that every, he can't drink. With everything you've been through, you sound like you're resilient, you sound like you're very healthy. Oh, you're like a saddle leather. Well, okay, you. the bottom tough, line is baby. not everybody that goes through the situations you did ends up messed up or screwed up, and that's one of the things oh, people... Oh, yeah. No, 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 people are looking at resiliency today, focusing on... People that come out of alcoholic families that are healthy. What makes them healthy, as opposed to the kid in the family that ends up alcoholic, also and people like Holly. It sounds like she is resilient, and she's concerned about her. Oh, I know, but I'll tell you, if Holly does not get a little bit
6: of help Absolutely. with her stuff, it is tantamount to abuse. Absolutely, but Holly's for her going... kid, on on that will be portrayed on her kid. Here's but... what I'm saying. Here's 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 the statement, the bold statement that I am making. If someone like Holly, who's been through what Holly's been through, does not sort out some of those problems via some therapy, it will be tantamount to abuse to her child. Because she will end up not being the mother that she could be. And and it will bleed through into the kid in one way or another. Even if she's uh, um, cognizant of it, or even if she's uh, attempts to be the best mother in the world, it, it's going to be real difficult on the kid unless she gets some stuff worked out. It's already cropping up with the violent sexual stuff in the bedroom.
5: Oh, absolutely. I think that she should go see someone. But, see, I think I would put money. I would bet that she will go because she is very concerned about these issues. I'll bet you a dollar she won't. Oh. Get her back on the lawn. No. (laughs) Please. It's going to be too easy.
6: Jesse.
7: Hello?
6: Hey, you're 13. What's going on there, buckaroo? Um, What? All right. He said hello.
7: Yeah, um... Well, uh, I had two problems, and i, I only told her one of them mm-hmm. like really.
6: is this uh jesse the Jesse the girl right Mhm yeah, yeah okay.
7: um well, one uh there's this guy that lives in my house right now, and last night I got really drunk, and he like came in my room and uh we kind of made out and stuff mm-hmm. and uh, I don't know if like I should like tell him that I remember it or not,cause I don't know if he knows I remember 'cause I was so drunk
6: oh. Well, seeing as how it's um, uh, pedophile night, what was this guy, 20?
7: Um, 17.
6: Oh, all right. Well, that's nice. A uh, senior in high school messing around with a ninth grader. Hmm.
7: Eighth.
6: Oh, eighth grader. But, um, yeah, that's, that's going to yeah, help. Yeah, and
7: this. also, my other problem was that... Uh, <laughs> what?
6: like, What's that thing? Like, when I was a senior in high school, I didn't think, i got to get me some of that eighth grade tail. <laughs> some of that fine, fresh, uh, hairless eighth grade tail. Oh, boy. Eighth grade. You
5: are you're much healthier than the average call.
6: Was it? Uh, or it's not hard. saying much. Uh, all right, so why wait, you were drunk? You're
5: thirteen.
7: Yeah, um I drink a lot and I also uh, mm. smoke pot with my mom. All right. Well and that family. with your mom? Yeah. So
5: you have a substance abusing <sighs> family.
7: Well, yeah, my dad was an alcoholic and he smoked pot and my mom smokes pot. Oh and boy. My brother smoked pot. No. And, like everyone at my house smokes pot with me and stuff.
6: No. And okay. then
7: uh the guy that that Made out with me is gave me like acid and shrooms and stuff, mm-hmm. and then another friend of the family gives me alcohol and stuff, oh. and so I just like really get a lot of it and stuff.
6: All right, Jesse. Uh
7: huh.
6: Here's your number one concern in life. Yeah. Until we call you and tell you, uh, it's no longer your number one concern. You can't get pregnant. <laughs> Please don't have any kids. Yeah. I'm not, um, I don't make enough money to handle another also, one of these. When
7: I was, uh, younger, I was sexually abused. Oh,
6: boy. By my brothers. <laughs> uh, Jessie, you're just making all this up, or is this... No, it's true. How come you sound so detached from the whole, the whole horrible I don't know, no,
7: I've just had to deal with it my whole life. Oh, boy.
6: All right, Jesse. Uh-huh. Listen to me. Um, I, I, remember this conversation, please. <laughs>
7: I'm really surprised I got on the line. I've like to right. you guys for a while. All
6: right, but just relax there for a second, Jesse. You, you've you've had some horrible stuff done to you, right? I guess. And it's it, it's going to continue. Uh, not necessarily other people doing stuff uh, to you. Here's here's the way uh, life works, everybody. People do a whole bunch of horrible stuff to you when you're young. Now you're free to go out and do horrible stuff to yourself as a, as a um, as a teenager and an adult. They just kind of get you started. It's a a little uh, training program. We'll abuse you. We'll expose you to uh, substances and drugs. We'll uh, be verbally abusive. We'll be sexually abusive. And we'll do this until um, maybe mm, age 10 or 12. And then you're you're free to go out and abuse yourself. You can go out and uh, have uh, problems with alcohol. You can get hooked up with guys who are physically abusive. You can uh, be a prostitute. You'll just go bring it on yourself after that. So, now that people are done effing with you, Jesse, you are now going to spend the rest of your life screwing up yourself. You understand? Yeah. And then, uh, usually, if the scenario works, you'll uh, be pregnant by about 15 or 16, and then you can begin screwing up another life uh, other than your own because uh, you'll get bored screwing up your own. Oh. Now, what I'm going to ask you to do right now, Jesse, is to not go ahead and do that to yourself. You understand? Okay. Do you think you can do that?
7: Yeah. Do you think
6: you can stay away from guys that are abusive? Well, Do you think you can not have sex with a guy, uh, you know, until you know him a little bit? Do you think you can not get effed up on booze and drugs and, and that sort of thing?
7: No. Well,
5: all right. Yeah, I, it sounds like you need some yeah. outside help. What state are you in?
7: Huh? Um, Kansas?
5: Okay, wow. All right. How about, well, first of all, it sounds like you realize you're in a real dangerous situation. And the way any state in this country works you could actually you're a candidate for a child protective services type I
7: wouldn't of say anything. That's like
5: No no what I'm saying is I mean you've been oh victimized boy. I don't know if you were raped last night, but you know, yeah. you're just in an extremely dangerous uh, situation in the home you're in. And your parents are actively using you've got you know, you're you're being abused. You're still a are child you and you've being abused?
10: Well okay. all right, wait a minute. Hold
5: on a second. Hey, listen. This ain't working. No. So here's How what about I'm saying.
6: Number. Please don't get pregnant. Please don't get pregnant. Don't have any more kids. Okay. That's all I'm asking. I'm I'm cutting my losses on this. I don't want to have one.
7: any kids. Good. I'd get an abortion if I did. That's
6: all right. What fine. Whatever it takes. Go ahead and use the birth control, though, Jesse. Uh-huh.
7: Uh huh.
6: And, you know, I can see where your life is going. Bruce can see where your life is going. But you're not ready
5: to hear about it right now.
7: I can tell where my life is going.
5: All right. Well, then, why don't you listen to Bruce? I'll tell you what, what about an 800 number, a, like a youth line that you can talk to somebody about some of the stuff? I mean, you know, calling love lines great, but th- you've got a lot of different issues, and it sounds like you don't want to end up like the rest of your family. You don't want to make a lot of the same mistakes. Talking to somebody else that can give you some other referrals, nobody's going to, re- you know, you're not going to get your your name and number taken and reported. It's just for you to talk to somebody that can spend more time than we can here. Is that okay? Uh-huh. Okay it's a youth
7: crisis line, it's,
6: uh... Hold on, Bruce,
7: mm? you
6: want to talk to the microphone, or...
5: 800 522
7: Oh, hang on, okay, um, okay, what was it? 800-522-8336.
5: Uh-huh. Okay. Okay, and that should work in Kansas also.
6: You want to give us that number back, Jesse? Hmm? Um... <laughs> All right, now, no, Jesse. Uh, uh, good luck. I wish you luck baby you're going to need a lot of it. Just don't get pregnant that's uh, as a, as a taxpayer. that's all I can you know like can't help everybody. Hmm. Don't. This week on the Brett Easton Ellis Podcast, actor, screenwriter, musician, Jason Schwartzman talks about what his famous
1: family thinks about Hollywood. It's very well
2: known. Your mother is Talia Shire, and your uncle is Francis Ford Coppola, and I think... People might automatically assume you were raised in a very Hollywood-ish family. Mm -hmm. But the fact remains that your uncle was notoriously un-Hollywood
5: in a sense, as was your mother despite their successes. My mom detests Hollywood,
8: Mm -hmm. and and she still talks about Hollywood as if it's some gang, even now. I mean, even the other day, she was, like, texting me something like, you know, you may hear this, you may hear that, but...
1: watch it back. The Brett Easton Ellis podcast. Download it now at podcast1.com. That's podcastone.com.
10: This is Penelope M. Miller, and you're listening to Loveline with Adam Carolla and Dr. Drew.
6: Well, you're almost right, Penelope, because uh, Dr. Bruce is sitting in quite nicely for Dr. Drew tonight. Dr. Bruce is like one of those guys that you didn't like that much in high school, but then you realized as you got older, you know, 10, 15 years later, that you still didn't really like him that much. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying?
5: Thanks, thanks <laughs> <laughs>
6: No, uh, Doctor Bruce is—he's um, like Doctor Drew without the attitude, really. Doctor Drew is—he's um, a little uh, Doctor Drew. Uh, even though he's a real doctor, he's still more of a TV doctor. Yeah. I mean, he's—he's he's like if you're—you know—he's uh, like a soap opera doctor or something. He's—he's he's good looking. He's—he uh, has a, a great uh, radio voice. And he has is there a certain air of uh, cockiness and confidence around him, even though he's a nice guy. He's, he's you know, how about line three? Hold on, Doctor Bruce. Oh. Doctor Bruce is like that guy used to get the, you know, you pay him like five bucks to do your biology homework oh. for you or something in uh, in high school. A Poindexter? I wasn't like that. A little bit. I mean, you have some cool hobbies, the guitars and the sports cars oh, and everything. Sports cars. Well, he used to be in the sports well, cars. Got, you know. But that's just to counterbalance the uh, poindexter side of you. I think it's a compensation. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? How about line three? Mm, okay. I want to thank Dupree's Bakery, who uh, is in Grass Valley, California. and uh,
5: <laughs> Grass Valley? Yeah. Mm, sounds suspect on Love Line Grass
6: Yeah, where you live? I live over <laughs> in Bongville, which is the northeast <laughs> section of Grass Valley. Anyway, uh, Ann's... Uh, and... Aunt, uh, Connie? What the? Aunt Lainey. How come everyone's aunt uncles got a weird name, or are they just... What is that with aunt uncles? You know, it's like, oh, Uncle Duke. Well,
3: Lainey's <laughs> not a weird name.
6: Yeah, but it's... No, I don't know anybody whose name Lainey doesn't have the title aunt in front of it. You know what I mean? There's some uncle names that are that way, too. Huh, yeah. You, you don't notice how when people get the aunt or uncle designation, the name goes strange, then? Like there's not sure. that many like you never hear about like uh well there's um Uncle Uncle Paul and uh Auntie uh Susan. It's more like um Uncle uh, uh Ichabod and uh Auntie Auntie uh Laney. Some funky name that you don't hear about that much.
7: Maybe.
6: Okay. <laughs> anyway, uh and she, um, how old is she? She's younger than you, though. Or, yeah, uh, she's
1: 22. I'm
6: getting into trouble here. Well, we'll put her on for a second. What do you do in Grass Valley, uh, Aunt Laney? can't hear them. What am I doing? Yeah, what do you do in Grass Valley?
10: Oh, not too much. <laughs>
6: are you kind of hippie? Are you kind of hippied out over there?
10: No, but most of them
6: are. Oh, you do? I most... just
10: kind of hang out at the bakery.
6: Uh-huh. Well, what what do you do to pass the time in Grass Valley? You make uh, they baked me a big penis-shaped bread tonight, and uh, I didn't. I,
10: That's about it.
6: I didn't want to tell uh, Dr. Bruce, but you just ate one of the. We uh, ate the left part of the scrotum. The, that, <laughs> that was the jalapeno bread. They they took a they took uh, dough and they shaped it in the form of a penis, and this penis is uh, huge. Is that right? Yeah, the pe- Did you see the penis? No,
5: but the bread's tasty.
6: The uh, Well, it means you're gay. The uh, penis was about two and a half feet long, and it uh, had the testicles and the head, and the, it was circumcised, I believe. And it even had a crack at the end. And there, I mean, uh, they, some guy really spent a lot of time on this penis. How about line three? Uh, but hold on. And then they baked in, uh, Dupree's Bakery, that is, uh, baked in a whole bunch of different flavors, like jalapeno and cheese and um, all that kind of stuff. Uh, how come when you announce to the world uh, that you're uh, trying to lose a few pounds, the food just comes uh, rolling in like some sort of a U- UNICEF program? I uh, I've been trying to I I got on the, the scale today uh, Sunday's Boxing Day went to the gym today 197 pounds. I've been trying to lose weight for the last month. I've gained five pounds. I mean I'm I'm this close to 200 pounds, Anne, and I've,
10: I've you sure don't look it. Thank you, oh. baby. You're one solid man
6: thank you baby but I, i'd like to get down about eight or ten pounds i really would and uh and i i keep uh announcing that to everybody and uh hence the pie the pie and the cake and the uh, bread everything just comes flying right in and it's all free
5: well you announced when you walked in that you'd eaten double portions of your dinner tonight so it i know sound like you're very serious about your diet
6: all right smart guy all right, point. You're fat. All right, please, sir. <laughs> All right, Lainey, uh, thank you for the bread. We we do appreciate it. Next time, um, bring a real penis in, actually.
2: Scott, how you doing, Adam? I'm Bruce?
5: Hi, good. What's your question?
2: Well, problem oh. I have, I have a problem with relationships. Uh, never had a uh, girlfriend. I'm thirty-five, still a virgin. I think a lot of it may come from moving around a lot when I was a kid. No. And therefore... More
6: opportunity to have sex.
2: Well, no, but I'm saying I have a tendency to not want to get close to people because uh, I moved. Yeah. I mean, I'm not sure exactly why, but, I mean, it's not uh, All right. really is, Not normal.
6: Is your dad in the military?
2: Um, no, he was in sales. Mm-hmm. Well... And actually his stepfather.
6: And... Here's the deal, Scott okay um moving around a lot probably didn't help uh having a stepdad probably didn't help there's been a few contributing factors but not enough
2: okay
6: uh so there's something going on okay and um you don't necessarily have to chalk everything up to something mm, you know what i mean like well i'm a 35 year old guy's never been in a relationship and i'm a virgin and that's because my dad moved around a lot he,
5: You've not been in a relationship, or they? What is the pattern that
2: you've I've dated sparingly, but uh, no girlfriends.
5: Wow.
6: I have
2: girls that are friends, but no right. girlfriends.
6: All right. So you're scared to have an intimate relationship. Where's your mom?
2: Uh, she lives with my stepfather.
6: Uh huh. What's you? Do you have a big beef with her?
2: Mm, a little bit. Well, I, I guess when I was growing up, my sisters were close. I have a sister who's older, sister who's younger. And they got along great with her. I didn't not get along with her, but it just seems like I wasn't real close to my stepfather. Mm-hmm. She was close to the sister, so they did things together. Mm-hmm. And you,
6: you have any animosity toward women in general?
2: um maybe a little bit,
6: uh-huh. You, you have any pornography?
2: uh a little but not much. What kind? Uh, videos, watching
6: yeah. every now and then. Uh-huh. Uh, the uh, Anything from the uh, Anal Maniac series or the Ass Master series? No,
2: no, no. I'm
6: trying to get a composite of, uh, Scott. The guys who are into the butt love stuff are a no, little bit yeah. misogynistic sometimes. Hmm. What do you do for a living?
2: Uh, I'm in customer service.
6: Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you have an okay career going for yourself?
2: Uh, not that great. I have a college degree. I'm not putting it to great use, but I'm still, uh... So uh, looking for, I guess, a career type job.
6: All right, you're living out on your own and everything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you have you have friends.
2: Some, yeah, not a lot. you Enjoy I'm a little bit of a loner.
6: Yeah, you enjoy life at all?
2: It could be more enjoyable.
6: Yeah. All right. Well, listen, I could be getting a, a Hummer right now from <laughs> producer Ann. But you know what I'm saying? Right. I mean, you have you like sports? You get out? You do anything?
2: Yeah, I, I'm very avid sports. I play pretty much anything.
6: Okay. All right. Then um, we good at it. I'm I'm not getting any big immediate no weird pathology no vibe or, or anything off of you, Scott. I and mean, you're not a not a religious guy?
2: No, it's, that's not why I'm a virgin, not do religion.
6: Okay. Um are you excessively overweight or something?
2: No, 6 foot, 190, mm-hmm. relatively, you know, not real ugly. I think I'm Yeah. Average or better.
6: Uglier guys than you have gotten laid with uh, oh, definitely. some regularity, I might add. Yes. Where do you socialize?
5: Where do you attempt, or where do you meet people? Meet
2: um, I mean, different places, but it just seems like when I go out, we go out a couple times, and then there's, just you know, maybe it's something that I'm putting off well, let me, that I'm not aware of because they seem to lose interest.
6: Let me explain what um, sex at 35 is. You understand, Scott? Is like what I did with the dentist. Now here's what it here's how it goes. You're supposed to get a, a checkup every six months. As a matter of fact, now they say like four months or something, but you know, you're asking dentists how often you should come in and pay them. Uh I don't know, every Tuesday? Uh but here's the deal. I didn't go for six months. And then I really didn't want to go a year later because I didn't go the six months. And then two years later, I sure as hell wasn't going. And uh, four years later, I really wasn't going because it kept, it kept gaining interest. You're 35. You've never been with a woman. Right. You're not going to find any other 32-year-old woman that's never been with a man. Well, and, I... you're, and, and you're putting it off a little bit because you you worry about how you're going to perform. Because it's, it's, it's as if you were... Sixteen again. I okay. mean, emotionally, you're a little further along, and you may have, uh, you know, seen a few more pictures and that kind of stuff. But no, you can't see. You, you don't want to have sex right now because you're real nervous about it because you 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 feel like you're not. You, you feel that. All right.
1: Here's you're, what I'm saying. You're just focusing
5: no. in sex alone. I mean, he's talking no. Okay, about I know. I know. But, with women, uh, and you're just you're right. You're right. Sex, sex, sex. All right. You're right. But uh. be quiet. Here's
6: what Scott's got going. Scott has the the trepidation and the, and the nervousness that, that comes uh, with sex the first time like a 15-, 16-, 17-year-old guy would have. But then he has 20 years of compounded interest on that, which is when you're 16, you're nervous about having sex for the first time, but you're not supposed to have had sex. This right. is supposed to be your first time. At 35, you're supposed to be tired of sex. <laughs>
5: i to read the book you're, you're reading.
6: Believe me. Okay. I don't need any book. That, uh, that's your problem, Dexter. You <laughs> there has to be some sort of a clinical survey done in order for you to figure out stuff. I know life. I'm like Grizzly Adams. I'm like an Indian. Yeah. I, I, I put my ear to the railroad tracks. I can tell what's going on. I know if a train's coming. you know what I'm saying?
2: Yeah. Oh, I would agree with part of that.
5: All okay. Right. All right, go go ahead. I don't. All want right, no, on. we're running. We're, run. we're running late. Oh, we're running late. Wait, wait a Scott. minute. I don't think Scott's. I think it's a, no. It, we didn't. It's, it's to MC issue. I don't think it's a sex issue. I think we're talking about the first getting past the first couple dates. Right. So I think it's exactly right. I will. I will finish my well, point when we come back. It's your show. Hello,
1: is this Love Line? I have a problem with my stool. Hello, Love Line. I have a problem with his stool too.
10: The
8: phone number for Loveline is one eight hundred Love one nine one.
10: I gotta go. I'll be
8: right back.
4: Hi, this is Heidi Fleiss, and you're listening to Loveline with Adam Carolla and Dr. Drew. Two names that wish they could be found in the little black
6: book. Her dad was my pediatrician when I was a kid.
1: That was Heidi Fleiss.
6: All right. Oh, uh, Dr. Bruce, I came in here with $21 in my wallet. We gambled once. Uh, you won the first round. I won the second round. I now have $19.
5: Well, what's wrong with that?
6: Yeah.
5: <laughs> the, the other dollar was paying me for coming here, and that was my new contract. <laughs> all
6: right, but I'm still short a dollar, right? All right, there you go. Bastard. Look at that. They give you all this free exposure.
5: Oh, yeah. point, <laughs> Dr. Poindexter at your service. Yeah, I
6: know. <laughs> All right, Dr. Bruce is filming for Dr. Drew tonight, and uh, Dr. Drew will be in tomorrow night. He's in Vegas right now. And let me tell you... Dr. Drew is a, um, you know, he's exactly what he appears to be, but he likes to have a beer, and he likes to play a little kino. if you know what I'm saying. No. He enjoys himself in Vegas.
5: Am I supposed to protect him here? Or no. He doesn't need that.
6: There's nothing wrong with people knowing that he's a human being. Well, that's he true. He enjoys a beer. That's true. He doesn't drink to excess, and uh, he enjoys going out and playing a little 21. Nothing wrong with that comes back home. He's a good family man, but uh, it's not like he's uh, sitting, you know, uh, in um, at the Caesar's buffet reading JAMA or something. He's uh, he's gambling. He enjoys Vegas. He probably goes to Vegas uh, four or five times a year.
5: But for either medical meetings or no, he goes no,
6: he goes there on a binge, (laughs) coke binge. Okay, okay, Uh, Matt.
5: Hello. Hello. Yeah,
6: I'm not going to give my theory about the 35-year-old guy as a virgin other other than, I mean, in a nutshell, uh, every time he goes on a date and it starts getting to the point where he's going to have sex, I think he chickens out because he's 35 and he's a virgin yeah. and it's become a huge monkey on it's his not, back. He has sexual. intimacy problems, though, that's for sure. All right, Matt, you're 18. What's going on?
1: Well, first of all, I'd like to say, Adam, you're so cool, and Drew's cool, too, but I love it that you're an atheist and speaking out about it. We don't have enough of those in the world today.
6: No, we don't. Well... Uh, you know, we need to unite as atheists. The problem is, is uh, we can't get atheists to unite because there's really nothing to unite not over.
5: Well, let's, let's gamble on Matt's background. <laughs> oh, please! All atheists there's nothing wrong unite. with atheists. So I, 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 don't, I don't get on here and say, "Hey, I'm a Christian." There's not enough, enough, not enough of us Christians in the world. So because Ma- you're the Matt's status guy, quo. Where did that come? Where'd the atheist thing come from?
6: Because
1: Adam's an atheist, and I think atheists, atheism is a prominent religion. No one talks about it.
6: Well, I, I wouldn't really count atheists uh, as being a religion, other than you're you're just not anything. But I mean, you know, there's no literature to hand out, and there's no money to raise, and there's something to do as an atheist, so it, you don't really hear about them. Although I'd like to get some windbreakers made up. Look into that. The big A. <laughs>
5: we'll
6: okay. It.
1: Cool.
5: So, what was your first question?
1: Uh, I'd like to know that uh, if you're female and you've had uh, venereal warts. And you had to move with laser surgery about four years ago? Are you still infected? Okay. Can you still transmit that?
5: Well, at times you can, and it's difficult to know exactly when they, they come back out. It's a virus it gets in, uh, incorporated into the cell's uh, DNA material, and uh, because the um, visible lesions are removed with laser or other means, uh, it doesn't mean they're gone. And, again, this is what... This, these viruses that cause the the venereal warts are implicated in uh, cervical cancer. So, once obviously, if this is your girlfriend, whoever you're you're talking about, once you've had the uh, the sure. venereal warts or the surgery, probably more frequent Pap smears, and uh, it, it's a real problem. So, it doesn't mean they're eradicated and they're so not. So you're there. saying the virus that Matt is still needs, there? Needs to wear, kind of. Uh, yeah, absolutely. <sighs> and probably let. I mean. If you don't have any visible lesions, whether or not you're... no uh, oh boy. All right, Matt, hey, how
6: old's your girlfriend? Uh, 19. And if she got these from some other guy before you? Yeah. Yeah. All right, don't listen. Don't take it out on her. I won't. Everyone gets something. But
5: again, the percentage of the sexually active young population that have the human papillomavirus or have been exposed to it, it's almost uh, 100% if you're sexually active without a condom. So it's... There's, it's so ubiquitous out there that uh, it's. i it, you know, tell you, my, safe my sex is certainly. My penis is like Barry
6: Sanders. It just it just dodges and cuts back and does a spin move. I've I've, I've avoided all venereal disease thus far in my life.
1: Well, I work on anyway because I'm not interested in having any kids.
6: All right, Matt. Uh, listen, here's let me tell you about this uh, atheism. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good thing, but don't be a bitter atheist. You understand?
1: Ah, uh, Yeah, okay. don't get too militant.
6: <laughs> yeah, don't be a militant. Uh, that's the problem. That's why these, uh, these groups get bad names, you know, like lesbians and stuff. They become militant, you know, and then everyone gets pissed off at them because uh, they think, really, and here's the deal. Let me explain, uh, you militant group people, whether it's uh, blacks or Hispanics or Asians. Actually, there's no militant Asian groups. Um, Jews, um, lesbians, uh, gays... Um, whatever your group is that you become sort of militant about, and people that tell you to uh, sit the F down and shut the F up. Mm. It's not because they don't like gays or blacks or lesbians or uh, Jews or whatever the group is. It's that you're such a tremendous pain in the ass that we just want you to sit down and shut up. Know what I mean? Like, I don't have any problem with uh, lesbians. I have a problem with the uh, those, those um, club-toting... Um, you know, ones that have to like ram it down your throat. You know what I mean? Like I like lesbians, but I don't really like Ellen that much because every time I talk every time she does an interview, she's always talking about being a lesbian.
1: Hmm.
6: I don't like that. I like uh I like black people, but I don't like uh Jesse Jackson and Al Sharpton because they they all they're doing is you know, yelling about the white man every time they get up on a on a pulpit trying to trying to get everyone pissed off. That doesn't mean you don't like the people that they're talking about.
5: You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I'm not sure I'd equate him with Matt. It sounds like Matt's got an axe to grind, with. or or maybe this is a side. I don't. I didn't know the atheist side of you, so. I, you sound, well, uh,
6: here's what I am. I'm an atheist. Uh, I don't believe in God. Uh, the same way, mm, I don't believe in magic, or um, mm, mm, I'm trying to think. Maybe UFOs or. Um, you know, um, that uh, someone has a dog who can talk, right? I just haven't seen it. You show it to me, and then I'll, I'll gladly believe it. I don't really, um, for, with religion, everyone goes on faith. They go on faith with religion, but not really anything else in life. You know what I mean? I mean, there's people that are religious that, um, I guess a lot of religious people, they, for instance, they don't believe in UFOs. Well, and, yeah. and what is the reason? Uh, you do you believe in UFOs? No. Okay. Why not? I just don't haven't seen it. Right. Haven't There are, you are go. <laughs> that's fine. But I
5: think that's that's religion. The bottom line is spirituality versus religion. We're spiritual. Human beings are spiritual. Working with teenagers, one of the goals of adolescence is to develop the spiritual side, the belief in something outside oneself. So you're a spiritual person, even if you're an atheist. You're not saying that. right.
6: Well, well, eh, not really.
5: Strange, strangely, maybe you're you're sort of arrested in adolescence. So I'm not sure how spiritually you really are, but
6: well, I just uh, I don't screw with people. You know, i mean a little, a little verbal abuse on the radio uh, now and again. But uh, what I mean is, is uh, I'm a good person. But it really has nothing. I don't think it has to do with my spirit or with another spirit or with a deity or anything like that. It's just that's the way I conduct myself. Right. I don't steal. Uh, I don't cheat on girlfriends. Uh, I don't hurt anybody, and that's just the way I choose to conduct my life. But it really doesn't have anything to do with uh, what I would call spirituality.
5: It just has to do with being a human being. Right. But, I mean, when people label themselves being atheists, then I start to wonder because there's an anger towards something that they consider God. And when you talk to five different people about what is God to them, then if you ask Matt about his spirituality, what is he going to say? Is he going to say, well, I don't believe in any of that stuff. I mean, we are spiritual. Human beings are spiritual.
6: No, I think when people say they're atheists, they're just saying they don't believe in the existence of God. They're
5: probably, but they probably but sort of tired angry. of the religious figures, the religiosity, the judgmentalism, which yeah. is not real spirituality. Not That's real, true. For instance, not real Christianity. Right. Christ was certainly not judgmental or any no. of the things that characterize many religions. Uh,
6: no, he wasn't. Although he said, uh, either you're uh, with me or, uh, or you're against me, which mm-hmm. is... Um, uh, pretty judgmental, actually. If you think about it, well, it depends what yeah. you consider for or against. Okay, but how about just being ambiguous, I mean, like me? Not really caring.
5: No, but you're you're you believe there's good and evil. I sure. Mean, when we talk to a lot of the people on the air tonight, there are definitely definitely malevolent individuals, and there are people that are victimized. And so, if if you were to interpret what Christ said, as there are there's good and evil, and you live your life more towards good or evil, you're either. And there's so many ways of All stating right. that. So. All right. I'll buy that. Okay. All right. You're lucky I'm tired.
1: <laughs> Hello, is this Loveline? I have a problem with my stool.
10: Hello, Loveline. I have a problem with your stool, too.
8: The phone number for Loveline is 1-800-LOVE-191. Uh-oh, got to go. Love.
1: Love.
8: Love.
6: Oh, boy. Well, for some reason, that show uh, just shot by. Mm. I guess that's good. Uh, usually, uh, Drew would be gone by now, but. <laughs> well, really? <So laughs> Bruce is, oh, really? Dr. Bruce is here. So, uh, thank you very much, Dr. Bruce. You're welcome. He did a, a wonderful job tonight. Dr. Drew will be back tomorrow night, and I want to thank the beautiful Lisa, the lovely Sherry, the Angular One producer, Anne, the One Nut Wonder, Engineer Mike. And of course, um, Aunt Lonnie? Laney, right. Aunt Laney for bringing the uh, penis shaped brat. So, until next time, Sam Crawford or Dr. Bruce, Same mahalo.
1: This has been Loveline. The opinions expressed herein are certainly opinions. That's for sure. If you'd like a written transcript of today's program, you probably should have written it down yourself. But if you did, we'd like a copy. Loveline producer Ann Wilkins. This broadcast was copyright 1997. West music is MXPX on Tooth & Nail Records.
3: Sit, Oboe. Oboe, stop dragging your butt across the carpet.
2: This concludes another PodcastOne.com program.